0: I don't know how I was able to get enough oxygen while simultaneously sobbing and hiking because we were, I think, above 9,000 feet at this point.
1: From Wyoming Public Media, this is Human Nature, real stories where humans and our habitat meet. I'm Erin Jones. This time, we'll hear about a relationship on the rocks. Emily Pennington is a writer living in Los Angeles.
0: Ben and I actually met when I was 17 in college. We were in a student film together where the setup was kind of like a Charlie Chaplin style silent film comedy where basically we were making out the entire time and his roommates kept coming in and like jumping on us. So there's literally a video on YouTube of us like making out in black and white.
1: After college, Emily and Ben lost touch. A few years later, Emily really got into rock climbing, and a mutual friend suggested Ben would be a great climbing buddy.
0: So we started hanging out. He told me pretty quickly that he had a huge crush on me, and I was like, "Eh, I don't know how I feel about this. I had a feeling that energetically, like, we weren't going to be on the same page. Then a couple of months later, we had been backpacking so much and climbing so much together. And and that level of one-on-one closeness in these heightened environments can really accelerate a relationship forming. So kind of, I guess, against my better judgment, but at the time I was so excited about it, um, I decided like, okay, sure, why not? We should go on like one date and see what happens.
1: The date was good. Soon, they were together all the time, going on intense weekend outdoor adventures.
0: And then very quickly, it went from zero to, like, us saying I love you on a road trip, on the way to go climb a big thing. And um, things went from zero to, like, a very serious relationship quickly.
1: Ten months into their relationship, they were planning their first week-long backpacking trip. The High Sierra Trail is iconic in the Sierra Nevada mountains.
0: The first 16 miles of it I had done by myself a year before and it was the first piece of trail that was so striking that it made me cry when I first got to Bear Paw Meadow and saw this incredible vista of the Great Western Divide which is where the two different tectonic plates are actually like hitting each other inside of California and creating these insane rock formations.
1: So what were your expectations when you kind of dreamed about the trip with Ben?
0: I mean, I was, I was so just unabashedly in love with this person. And I was really looking forward to spending seven days of quality time, you know, getting to like cuddle at night and watch sunsets and like sit around a fire and read together.
1: The first day, Emily and Ben drove to the trailhead.
0: And there's this big sign, and it's wooden, and it says all of the mileages to the different famous points along the High Sierra Trail, and we took photos in front of the sign, and there's all of these really hilarious, like, arrogant photos of us, like, leaning on the sign, like, we got this. And we ended up camping at Hamilton Lake, which is so magical when the sun sets, because it turns almost 360 degrees around you of granite into this, like, bright fluorescent pink. And so that was kind of our view while we were, like, a little tired but still really excited for the trip and cooking dinner and quickly trying to get the tent set up before it was pitch black.
1: After another good day of hiking, Emily and Ben set up camp for their second night.
0: Up until the second night on the trail, things were amazing and the scenery was impeccable and everything seemed like it was going according to plan. We pretty quickly were cold, even with a fire, so we put the fire out, jumped into the tent, burrowed into our down sleeping bags. Because I was cold and also because we didn't really have time the night before, I was kind of like, hey, can we cuddle? And Ben was silent. And I was like, what? Uh, Maybe he didn't hear me, maybe he's sleeping, so I was like, hey. (laughs) can I, um, can I like, can I lean on you? (laughs) Can I, can I roll towards you in my sleeping bag? And he was just like totally dead silent. So I assumed he was sleeping. Um, I kind of tried to think nothing of it. And I like awkwardly propped my Kindle up on my stomach so I could read and fall asleep. So then morning on the third day, I like woke up before Ben again, which is kind of the norm. I kind of like tried to shake him awake and he was groaning (laughs) and I was like, okay, well I'm gonna just go ahead and start making breakfast then. Brought it into the tent and he was kind of like groggily, crankily eating it and kind of pushing me away. I went to go pump some water so we would have drinking water for the hike that day. After pumping the water, I went back to go eat my oatmeal. And I just, I remember having this moment where I was all of a sudden, like, I felt like sucker punched by the oh so pleasant period hormones. (laughs) My period decided to start all at once with all of the feelings. And I just started like crying into my oatmeal. And I asked Ben, can I please have a hug? I feel very sad all of a sudden. And he wouldn't give me a hug. And then I started crying even more. Like, I don't understand why you're actively pushing me away. And he turned to me and he said, in this really catty voice, because you were mean to me. And i was like, i don't I don't feel like me wanting you to wake up, you know, at ten a m on a backpacking trip is is meanness. I made you breakfast. And he was like, Ugh, like, your bedside manner is terrible, and like, can't you see that I'm sick? And I was like, no, I can't see that you're sick because you need to tell me that. And then we didn't talk for like the next few hours while we were cleaning up camp and 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 beginning the first bit of the hike. Meanwhile, the wind is insane. There's like 30 to 40 mile an hour winds depending on what part of the trail we're on for the first little bit. It was this bizarre morning of the elements kind of emboldening my loneliness and my sadness and like feeling um, really untethered. We ended up being able to like start laughing about things around lunchtime. And things seemed like they were gonna be okay. As we traverse around this like huge meadow, we hit these switchbacks to cut down into the actual valley towards this amazing hot springs. It's in the middle of nowhere in Sequoia National Park. And we start hiking up the river towards the hot springs and get there just before dark. cold. The grass has like frost on it, so it's kind of crunchy when you step on it. We found a really good campsite and immediately set up a fire. But I was kind of trying to like put a bookend on the end of the day. I was trying to like put the the uncomfortableness of the morning out of my mind and like just go to sleep and
1: leave it at that. The fourth day's hike was shorter, so Emily and Ben got up late, had a big breakfast, and enjoyed a soak in the hot springs.
0: They're super hot. We had them all to ourselves, so it felt like okay. Like this is romantic. This is sexy. This is fun. Like we get to like clean off for a minute um, and not feel like we're dusty and sweaty and just like the smelliest couple in the world. <laughs> it felt like we were like rounding a corner, and things were gonna be okay. We slept really well that night. Woke up the next morning, and um, morning on the fifth day was when everything, I think, really started to fall apart for me. I woke up with a fever. Ben was still sick, still being a bit standoffish and unsensitive to my own feelings and my experience as a result of being sick. And then, like, as I was gathering up the tent stakes, I just, like, started bawling. And I couldn't, for some reason, I couldn't stop sobbing for most of the entire rest of the day, and I didn't really know why. I, like, tried to give Ben a hug in the morning, It was this like really intense lingering hug and as he like pulled away, I remember him looking me straight in the eyes and saying, I don't know if you're unhappy or if you're just unhappy dating me. And that like really resonated because it it was like clear as a bell and it was basically the exact question that was on my mind. And also in that environment where there's just two of you and you're splitting the gear carrying, you're really leaning on each other. And so the idea that this relationship is going to end feels unimaginable because in those moments, you're kind of critical to each other's survival. Um, So it was this bizarre headspace to be in to, to be simultaneously meeting someone and also questioning whether or not I was going to completely just walk away from the, the second that, you know, we got off the trail. <laughs> ben turned to me and he was like, I think you might be depressed. Maybe you should just like talk to your therapist. Like, there was like a button that we could push that was gonna like fix my feelings. And also, like, it wasn't his, like, he had nothing to do with it. Like, this was like completely 110% my thing. So, I'm having this like really intense, like, self searching while hiking, while being sick, and while also just like dealing with like totally crappy period cramps that would like, I would literally be doubled over in pain. <laughs> I don't know how I was able to get enough oxygen while simultaneously sobbing and hiking, because we were, I think, above 9,000 feet at this point. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We stopped for lunch, and I thought that my morale would go up because of food, but apparently no, so I'm, like, crying on this, like, pita bread. It was, like, cartoonish. It was, like, something broke, like, deep inside my body that had never broken before. And like the combination of like the physical stress and the cold and the wind and the mental stress and then the the relationship, it was just all like coming to this T. And I felt like this giant decision was looming over my head. Meanwhile, I'm like actively hiking up a trail towards Mount Whitney. I think at that point, I was so sad and so exhausted and so like done with everything and not even sure like if I liked mountains anymore <laughs> that I kind of accepted that there was very little else that could make me more uncomfortable than I already was. So all I needed to do was like put one foot in front of the other, make sure I don't rush, and eventually like I will get to the top of Mount Whitney. And eventually I will also get down from Mount Whitney and I can make any decisions that I need to make once once I get there. Finally get to the summit and there's this little hut with like a lightning rod on it. And there's a summit register, so we sign it. I was feeling like super accomplished and really just wanted to like sit down. All these realizations I had had over the, the previous few days were just, like, starting to kind of bubble up inside me. And I was having this realization on the top of the tallest mountain in the contiguous United States, like, that I was going to need to somehow safely make it down the mountain, somehow safely not be sick anymore, (laughs) and then ultimately end this relationship. I think there's, like, a really famous quote that's something like, Every trip together is a trial marriage. And so I feel like we had had this very condensed microcosm of a life together, all smushed into this one week of different kinds of hardship. And um, it was just very clear that that in more ways than one, it wasn't gonna work.
1: Back home in L.A., Emily took a few weeks to reflect. Then, over dinner one night, she broke up with Ben. Do you think if you hadn't done this trip, do you think you would have stayed together longer?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think, I think if we hadn't done this trip, then we probably would have kept going on weekend adventures, which are shorter, so even if they're intense, it's really easy to shake them off or you choose to take a weekend off. And the weekends off were always so much easier because we would like go to a party or like see friends or go see a movie. And I feel like even if you're hanging out with someone that you have a disconnect with, um, those kinds of more ordinary city activities, they're not nearly as heightened as outdoor activities. So it's easier to coast and pretend like things are okay because you're a lot more comfortable but I think it's in those uncomfortable spaces that truth frequently likes to hide and like the reality of your true human nature. And I think that this trip is like a really good example of two different people with very different personalities and very different expectations of one another colliding.
1: Our storyteller was Emily Pennington. She still likes to go backpacking, just without Ben. Emily blogs about her adventures at brazenbackpacker.com. You can help us tell more stories like this by supporting the show. Click donate at humannaturepodcast.org. Every dollar makes a difference, and if you can donate $25 or more, we'll send you a t-shirt. I'm Erin Jones. This episode was produced by Micah Schweitzer. It was edited by me, Caroline Ballard, and Anna Rader. The theme song is by Caught a Ghost. Human Nature is a production of Wyoming Public Media.